Welcome to the Someone to Tell It To podcast today. We're really glad to have you with us. Today's conversation is really a special one for us because our guest is someone we see just about every day. We're in the office. It's, it's someone who has been working with us for a year now and, and, and actually even longer and who is helping us to articulate our story, to get our mission out there, to share with the world what it means to listen with compassion, with intention, and what it means to help the world to listen. So we immensely enjoyed this conversation and we hope you will today too. So we'll just take a moment just to tell you about our guest and really it's our guests because it's it's both uh, Davis and Clark, the, the men behind the camera, so to speak. Uh, but we'll tell you just a little bit about Davis, who, who is with us in this conversation today. Uh, he was born into a family of editors. Davis Holiday has always been driven by a desire to find and share meaningful stories. After graduating high school, Davis spent the next year partnering with nonprofits around the world through volunteering and video production work, which you'll hear extensively about in this conversation today. And then after volunteering, after returning to Pennsylvania, he founded Searcher Films, a production company dedicated to lifting up powerful stories. He now lives in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, with his wife of four months and their cat, Nacho. <laughs> we use Buzzsprout to create this podcast, and as a small nonprofit team, we really appreciate how easy they make it to get our guests' stories out into the world. With Buzzsprout, you get a beautiful podcast website, audio players to embed into other sites, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Use the link in the show notes to get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and to support our show. As the co-founders of Someone to Tell To, we often find ourselves traveling around between meetings and listening sessions, and we often don't really have time for the little things like grocery shopping. I'm sure many of you have had that experience when at the end of a long workday, you'd rather do anything else than shop for groceries. That's why we're happy to give our listeners the chance to get free delivery on your first Instacart order over $35. You'll get the products you love from your local stores in as fast as one hour. There's nothing quite like sitting down at the end of the day to be present for your family over a home-cooked meal. And takeout just doesn't feel the same. So if you find yourself needing groceries and considering getting takeout instead, get hand-selected products delivered straight to your door. Get free shipping on orders over $35 by using the link in the show notes. Davis, it's good to have you uh, in this conversation today. So welcome to Thank Someone you. to Tell the Two podcast. Now we want um, all, all of our listeners and watchers to know that we actually know Davis uh, very well. Uh, he and his partner at Searcher Fil Films, Clark Stefanik, have an office right down the hall from our office. And he and Clark are the technicians who record and edit and help to post our podcast interviews. 
if you like them, it's a lot that has to do with these guys who make us look good and sound good, which we really appreciate. That's and so not we, an easy task, which is, is not an easy task always. And we, but we are indebted uh, to them for producing our podcast, and we value their talents and their creativity really well. Um, even more, we honor their values as they believe, as we do, in the immense power of storytelling to inspire to inform and to instruct us all with so many lessons about life and about how listening to and knowing others' stories can enhance our own lives. So, Davis, tell us a little about your history, about especially the year you partnered with nonprofits around the world and, and through volunteering and video production work that, that then has ultimately led you to what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So after high school, um, I signed up with an organization called the World Race, not the amazing race that's on TV, but it's a it's a Christian nonprofit organization that essentially lets uh, young adults and and people you know between college and high school go on sort of a, a nine month mission trip, and on that um, on that trip, uh, you visit four or five different countries. And in each of those countries, you'll partner with a, a permanent uh, organization that is there year-round. And so uh, we went to Cambodia, Ethiopia, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica. And so in each of those, um, in each of those countries, we would spend about three months with an organization kind of deeply embedded in, in partnering in the, in the work that they did. And so that involved everything from, you know, very classic playing with kids to teaching English to digging holes and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, and I had done a little bit of, of video work uh, in school before I had an internship. And very quickly, I found that the, the way that I could contribute the most to the furthering of these organizations and their mission uh, was creating stories, was creating these videos that allowed them to share what they were doing and why it mattered. And so a lot of those organizations, while they were in these countries year-round permanently, actually received a lot of their support from other countries, so from America or, or other sort of European countries, and had a really difficult time sharing what they were doing and the impact that they were having with people that were never going to see it or, or physically visit there. And so video turned out to be a really incredible way for me to uh, capture those stories and those moments and, and the lives that were being changed uh, and then be able to package that and send them to supporters to, to then support them and, and continue to enable or expand the work that they were doing. Uh, and so that was really an awakening for me to the power of storytelling to affect change instead of just uh, sharing what's already been happen, uh, what's already been happening, uh, but instead affect what will and could happen in the future. Uh, and so that was, just such an eye-opener for me and coming back after that nine months and, and being able to work with a couple of those organizations to create content for them um, really wanted to to start something in my own backyard and figure out a way to create that same change that same empowerment uh, with companies and nonprofits in my own um, city and, and in Harrisburg and the greater Harrisburg area and so that was kind of the impetus, the the first idea around Searcher Films, and then it's kind of grown into what it is today, and we're continuing to kind of expand and, and trying to get back to that original vision. But that's a little bit about kind of how I ended up here. 
So fast forward now for our listeners and talk about your connection with Clark and how you guys got to know each other. And as anybody who's been an avid listener to our program knows that we've referenced Clark in some of our earlier seasons and how he essentially brought our story to life through our podcast and how it's just evolved and we hope grown and, and improved certainly with your addition. Um, but just talk a little bit about your relationship with Clark. Absolutely. So uh, about a year into doing Searcher Films just as a, a one-man band operation, I was introduced to Clark through a mutual friend, uh, and we all got lunch together one day and just kind of started to unpack what it would look like for us to work together. Uh, he was also doing video kind of on his own in a, in a freelance model, and we both just landed on... Um, the fact that we could probably tell bigger and better and, and more bold stories together than we could separately. And so, you know, after doing a couple one-off projects together and making sure that our personalities clicked, um, decided to, to work together and brought him on uh, full-time with Searcher Films. And it's just been incredible to hear somebody else's voice and, and perspective kind of come through a lot of the stories that we tell. And uh, you guys talk about listening two by two and that act of, of hearing a story and then sort of forming it and, and shaping it and publishing it uh, is always better the more perspectives you have. And so having that additional perspective to see things that I wouldn't or push for things that I wouldn't push for uh, really enhances the richness and the depth of what we're able to create together. Uh, and so it's, it's been an absolute joy and honor to bring on another team member and another person who can kind of direct that vision. That's awesome to hear. And I think it's exactly the same thing that we discovered too, that we, we are better together. And each of our very, we have very, very, very similar values and perspectives and, and thoughts and opinions on things. But, but also the, which is great because that, that, that act also enhances what we do, but so do the, the things that we, the gifts that we have that are maybe different uh, as well. Uh, we help each other with that to, to be a stronger, a stronger team uh, because, uh, you know, we, we're doing it with one another and that, that's awesome. That yeah, really so about is. that, I mean, what are some things that you guys have learned about each other uh, and working so closely yoked the last few years? Absolutely. It is always a learning experience, as anyone in a relationship or a co-working uh, relationship will tell you. Um, we have done a lot of work over the past year to figure out how to bring the best out of each other uh, and communicate in a way that makes sense for the other person. And so um, I would say I had a lot of work to do to not um, step on his toes or... or um, there was a there's a learning curve, especially in the, the beginning where I had never worked on a video where somebody else was behind the camera and I didn't see what was being shot or, um, you know, work on a project and not have control over every aspect. And so there was a lot of trust that needed to happen there and needed to to be built so that he could go and shoot something while I set up the next room or, or whatever. Um, and I could just trust that he was capable and and engaged in making sure that that was up to the standards that we both had. Um, and so there was a lot of trust that needed to form. And then over the past year, we've learned to, um, to leverage that trust to continue to be more than the sum of our parts and um, really it worked together at, at a, a higher level. Hmm. What are some of the things that you think um, you both bring to the table? Yeah. Um, 
I am, I have taken on the role of more of the administrative sending and answering emails, getting clients to send us what we need. Uh, and, and Clark has increasingly stepped into his own uh, on the, on the directorial side. So figuring out what is the story here and, and what matters and how do we bring that to life in a really unique way. Uh, I'm a very literal person, you know, let's get from point A to point B, straight line, fastest route is best. And he <laughs> is much more of a, of a creative mindset. And so, um, you know, he'll say, well, what if we have them talking about this, but while we're showing this and, and the, the intersection of those two will create this really interesting meta narrative on how this thing affects this thing and their inner dialogue is visualized and things that I would never think of. And sometimes I need to rein them back in. Like, I don't think people are going to catch all of that. Um, but somewhere between the two of that sort of very windy, artful path and just the most effective, like how do we just convey it in the least words necessary? Um, somewhere between those two, you get a mix of, of clarity and um, revelation that really makes for something that is is engaging and interesting to watch. Um, I often joke that, you know, if, if I was just making these videos by myself, they'd be pretty boring. Um, very clear and very easy to understand, but uh, wouldn't say a whole lot. And so that other perspective and often that more um, more artful perspective is, is crucial to, to what we do. There's nothing better than being able to work with someone who, who enhances us and whom we enhance and to create something that's, that's far better than anything that we could do by ourselves. Um, well, that so, really, really yeah. is. You guys know that we listen to a lot of other podcasts as well. And one of our favorites over the years has been how I built this. And it's all about, for those of you who don't know, it's, uh, just about interviewing entrepreneurs and how they got started and how they got whatever their idea is off the ground and, and moving it forward. But they actually took the podcast and made it into a book in the last uh, two or three years. And it's how I built this book. And I know in one of the earlier chapters, which I actually am re-listening to right now, is about having a co-founder and how essential that is. Because there are days when we could perhaps want to throw in the towel, let's say, because things aren't going well or we get a no uh, when we expected a yes or... Um, maybe there's a, mo a moment of celebration, something incredible happens and you want to have someone else to celebrate with. Like that's all part of the process. And I think that that's a healthy team is bringing out the best in each other. So absolutely. There's a, there's a startup accelerator, uh, in California that they often reference on that podcast. And, uh, you know, people will apply to be part of it with, you know, pitching their, business concept. And then once they're accepted, they will get hooked up with mentors and resources and, and a network. And to get accepted into that program, you're actually required to have a co-founder because the likelihood of success with a co-founder is astronomically higher than it is with a solo entrepreneur. And so, you know, they've, they've bought into that so much that to even be considered for the program, you have to apply with a co-founder. And, and a lot of people will apply uh, alone, not knowing that. And then they'll say, you know, we really like this, go find a co-founder and then come back. Um, and it really just speaks to uh, a testament to the, the power of, you know, having somebody else to, to lift you up uh, and to, to bounce ideas off of and, and hold you accountable. Yeah. And we think it's the smartest thing that we've done. 
uh, you know, in founding the, our organization that way. And in the listening work that we do, it's all with a, with a partner as well. And it just makes us stronger, we believe, in every way. So, so yeah. let's shift gears for a minute to talk about what are some of the most impactful stories and projects that you guys have been able to work on that you feel like have truly made a difference? Yeah, there's been a few projects that we've really had a great time making. Uh, the, the one that pops into mind most recently, uh, a few months ago, we finished up our first sort of short format documentary. Um, and part of that story is I was connected through a family friend to an author who lives in northern Pennsylvania. And she wrote a book on uh, an ex-army ranger who, after getting home from his uh, deployment and, and getting out of the army, um, ended up hiking the Appalachian Trail to kind of deal with his PTSD. And so the book kind of looks at his journey and as uh, at nature as a, as a means to heal and time alone and time just kind of in silent reflection. And so we actually got to spend a few days filming with this ranger uh, as he kind of rehiked a portion of the Appalachian Trail uh, and make a short documentary kind of following his story on, you know, the the horrors of war that he saw and the, you know, pretty incredibly unhealthy lifestyle that is encouraged or even necessary for uh, being an army ranger and then coming home and trying to fit into civilian life with a uh, warfare mentality and, and really struggling with that and uh, actually ended up attending the funeral for the suicide of one of the guys in his squad that he was in charge of. Um, and at that funeral, I saw a bunch of, you know, the other guys from their ranger battalion, but also saw a lot of through hikers. Um, I was like, who are these kids? You know, like hippie guys. And in talking with them more, realized that this, this guy that he was attending the funeral for uh, was actually in the process of through hiking the Appalachian Trail. And in seeing how the community of people that he had gathered just in those few short months had shown up for him and supported him, decided to embark on his own journey and found an incredible level of community and love, but also an ability to, to process some of the things, you know, both from his time overseas and even prior growing up, a lot of his childhood trauma, um, and really work through a lot of that and retrain kind of his brain and his need for adrenaline and dopamine. Um, and so coming back from that, he ended up triple crowning, which means basically hiking the three largest trails in North and Central America uh, and now leads other veterans on hikes and outdoor adventures uh, as a way of creating community for them, but also getting them out into nature and giving them some of that physical release that they're looking for um, in a non-destructive way. And so it's just this really incredible story of somebody that takes what can often be a, a tragedy and, and turns it into something that still to this day is very beautiful and moving. And so, you know, we've been submitting that to film festivals and, and sharing that around and are looking to, you know, create a longer piece about not only his story, but then also some of the other army veterans that have been through this program and, and uh, have their own stories and, and kind of testimonies to share. Um, but what was that like for him to see it on camera for the first time? Yeah. I mean, it was really interesting, especially, um, prior to, to him seeing it on camera, that interview, I think is one of the more memorable ones that I've had. Um, we were in a cabin built actually by the author. They live pretty off grid and the 
day that we were supposed to film the interview, we had all these lights set up and a lot of the lights that are on me now. And we'd spent about an hour setting up this interview. It looked really pretty, uh, if I do say so myself. And <laughs> a can. tree fell like two miles away and knocked out all the power. So oh, we're just wow. sitting in darkness. Um, and so I think we, was it literally by candlelight? Yeah. So we literally shot the interview by candlelight and that turned out to be one of the best decisions we made because it just brought the, the intimacy of the setting so much closer and allowed him to open up in a way that I think he wouldn't have been able to, um, if it had been for, you know, with all of these lights and all of the camera and I think would have probably shut him down a little bit, but it turned into just, you know, four people uh, around a candle kind of just talking and, and him really opening up and sharing some deeply vulnerable things um, that we were later able to include some of that in the in the finished piece. And so that was an incredible experience. And, you know, throughout the whole process of filming, he was really a spectacular person to film because um, we would ask him to to do things over and over again because that's how video works, right? We can't capture everything the first time. So we'll say, oh, could you just hike this thing again or, you know, pick up that rock again or go over there and then come back and then go back again. And he was just so willing to do it. And basically his whole mentality, we would, you know, apologize. We're like, sorry, we're making you do this a second or third time. And he would say, like, I'm just like, for these two days, my only purpose is to, to give you guys everything that you need so that my story can encourage somebody else or help somebody else. And really had this idea that, you know, this was a, a vessel, not for his own, um, not for his own healing or his own publicity, but really just a, another medium to get his story out there that could maybe help or encourage or show somebody else that a different narrative is possible. Which also probably does enhance his own healing. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a really incredible thing for him to see the end goal even before we got into the editing room. Um, and so that vision really from his and our end, uh, I think really made the piece special because it, it sort of permeates everything that we were able to do on the production side. Uh, and then bringing all that into into editing and, and revision with him and the author uh, has just been really special. It sounds it sounds like it was tremendous that collaboration between all of you and the, and the, probably the synergy that you had working together to create something that was so powerful and so meaningful uh, to we hope so many people. And also, you, you know, you said that you're not as uh, create the creative part isn't isn't this thing you're strongest at but that whole candlelight thing that sounds beautiful and it must have been it had to have been really um just very intimate and and probably focused helped to focus even more on the story just because of the way it was filmed and and the setting that you were in and and that's yeah, we're just very impressed with you guys that you uh, that you realized that you. I hope you realized that. It seems like you did that. That was that's what what was happening. I actually and, would love to yeah. ask a question about that as you were describing that scene, which I think is just as Michael just mentioned, just a beautiful story, beautiful illustration, beautiful imagery. You know, obviously, you guys know better than anybody that we're in this work of of teaching and helping the world to listen better. How do you? create a context for a lot of times are behind the camera people are are sometimes uncomfortable and how do you create that kind of a context where people 
have a level of comfortability and and safety and and they can be open and vulnerable things that we practice that someone to tell to and teach hopefully the world all the time. Yeah, it is tricky. And I think it's more tricky for us than just in a normal conversation because now they have a camera on them and big lights and stuff in front of them, behind them, over their head, there's a microphone And so it's a bit of a gymnastics maneuver for them to even get in the chair. And sometimes because of the way things are set up, you know, I'm 10 feet away. So we're not even close together. And there's a lot of work that you need to do to make that person feel at home and to to get out of them something that feels natural and authentic to who they are. And, you know, especially when, when people are in front of a camera, they will just switch to a very scripted or... Um, deliberate pattern of speech and it sounds sort of robotic and inhuman because that's not how we talk to each other when there's not a camera and so on film that always kind of feels inauthentic and so our work is really to make them forget that all of this other stuff is around them and to just have a conversation so that's how we always open it up is that one the beauty of you know this isn't live so anything you say (laughs) we can re-say we can won't be held against we, you we, in the we court can, of yeah, law. We can edit it. We can <laughs> edit it. it. And our whole job is to make you sound as good as possible. So we're on your side. Really um, setting that parameter first is that we're here to to serve you and be on your side. Again, if they can do that with us, they can do it with anybody. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. You speak for yourself, yeah. but uh. <laughs> but it is it is an art form, and there are people that I mean, their whole career is is being directors and and getting people to open up and getting the right answers out of them to, to kind of accomplish something. So how do you know how to do that? How do you, what do you do to help, help people feel comfortable, help them feel safe, help them feel relaxed, not so robotic, not, not so scripted. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you do t- to make it easy? The first thing we do is schedule a good chunk of time. So, we filmed a few months ago something that ended up being 30 seconds long. We needed about two sentences, really, of like finished content. And we had about an hour-long interview to get those two sentences. And a lot of that was small talk and building a little bit of trust and vulnerability. Um, the thing that I have found to let somebody feel safe the fastest is to be vulnerable yourself. Share something um, that, you know, kind of puts you out there in a vulnerable position so that they kind of feel like they, um, that this is a safe space. And you've already kind of, uh, stated that by putting something out there that, you know, they, um, have been trusted with. And so that allows them to kind of reciprocate that, uh, because you are, you're asking them to, um, trust you with their story, um, and then also with the kind of telling of that story, right? Um, because it is a partnership really between what they say and how we edit it. Um, and that can be used for good or for, for evil. You know, you can really twist somebody's words. And so um, that's something that we try to be really conscious with. But yeah, so one is, is scheduling enough time to really get to know the person, let them open up, let that relationship develop naturally. Uh, the second is being vulnerable ourselves, sharing something and, and getting to know them on a deeper level. And then the third thing would just be asking good questions. Um, I think there's an art form to, to that. And we often go into interviews, you know, having questions that we need answers to specific things. And sometimes they're really innocuous things like, why are you passionate about the business you run? Or, 
um, in quarter four, how do you expect to raise profits or whatever those may be um, and maybe aren't the most you know vulnerable things, but really phrasing those questions in such a way that encourages them to share them in a in a natural, vulnerable way um, that really feels authentic to who they are. And so that's not always the same depending on who the person is, what that, you know, what that answer should sound like because everybody's different and speaks differently and articulates things in a, in a new way. Um, but those three have kind of been the, the guiding principles for us and making sure that we get things that feel genuine. Um, and once something feels genuine and, and true to who somebody is, I think the rest of it kind of flows naturally. How do we hire these guys to be to this be is, listeners for us? Because you are saying this is awesome. You are saying the very things that we try to do as well, and try to teach, and speak about, write about, about being genuine. About we credit being a couple of our team members because they were the ones who said we need to get you guys behind the microphone. Yeah, so because so, they kudos to them. We, we got yeah, we owe them something now <laughs> too for, for this. But you no seriously, you are articulating very well. The same things we try to articulate, and sometimes I'm wondering, I don't know if it's as well as, as you're doing right now. That's, that's, that's tremendous. So Thanks. based on your response there, I actually have another follow-up question, and we have a million questions we could ask you today, but there's something else that I think would be helpful just in the world that we're in right now. Uh, we were actually on a webinar uh, internationally this morning talking about this to a degree, and You've heard us say in uh, previous podcast episodes, sometimes like older generations, they kind of had this buck up, shut up, don't really talk about your feelings. And then some younger generations, and you're probably on the cusp of that, um, probably sometimes can share overshare and share too much or only share the good things uh, about themselves. And when you're telling somebody's story, how do you keep it authentic in the editing process and stuff true to the actual authentic story and it's not just this overly sanitized perfect work of art yeah that is absolutely something that um we take very seriously because you know back to that that story about the ranger there's a world in which he trusts us with this story and then we tell it in a way that doesn't honor the way that he he would like it to be told um and so we work really hard to make sure that that isn't um what happens. And so we do a few things uh, to kind of mitigate that as much as possible. The first is, especially in, in videos that are telling somebody's story or uh, really sharing a part of their life, before we sit down to do a filmed interview, we'll schedule a Zoom call or a phone call and basically do the entire interview before we ever shoot anything with them. And what that allows us to do is really just hear them tell their story. And we're able to plan the video around how they have told our, their story and how they have articulated uh, what they want that to sound like. And so uh, that's, you know, always step number one for us in a project like that is, you know, let us just listen first. Uh, before we try to tell anything, let's really spend some time without cameras, without any of that pressure, uh, pressure just listening to, to kind of hear what you're saying and hear who you are. And so that's the, the first step we do. And then, like we just talked about, we will conduct the interview based on that and are able to phrase a lot of the questions based on what they've already shared. Based on knowing some of those answers, we're able to um, you know, either 
ask appropriate questions or sometimes kind of push further and say, you know, you shared this thing. Could you maybe talk a little bit more about that? Or, you know, we know there's more here. Could you maybe expand on that? And often that that additional prompting will help them to open up on something that maybe they wouldn't have shared on the first pass. But when you kind of press them on that or give them the opportunity to expand upon that, um, that's when you really get those golden nuggets. Um, and then the third thing is once we finish a rough cut, we'll always send that over to them and say, you know, what do you think about this? Um, a lot of our work on the editing side is abbreviation and condensing what has been said. So um, we're not trying to shift the message. Uh, we're trying to take a 30-minute conversation and make it a really interesting 15-minute monologue. And so a lot of it is how do we keep the meaning the same but condense all of the uh, meaning into something that sounds very articulate and, and very um, put together in a, in a very polished way. And so that's really our job is, is maintaining the message while uh, condensing the, the telling of that story uh, to sort of the most important part. And so the first step of that would be taking out all of the ums. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you listen to this podcast back and... I think for this, we'll probably leave them in, but that's the first thing we'll do is take out all the ums and ahs or We didn't have a practice session today with you beforehand. So. <laughs> yes. Um, this, is, this is our rough cut right that's here. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then also taking out any redundancies or, or anything like that. And, you know, I can even hear them in my head as, as I'm speaking. And so um, there's a bit of that sort of live editing going on also. But... Yeah, that's, that's really what we try to do is, is make sure that in every part of the, the storytelling process uh, that we're listening first uh, and then we're telling in a way that's respectful and then checking back in with them to make sure. Um, basically a, a version of, you know, this is what I heard you say uh, or, you know, this is what we've come up with. Give us your feedback. Does this sound genuine to who you are? Does this sound um, like what you, what you said? And, you know, the the goal there is for them to be like, I don't know what you changed. Um, I sound great, but you know, like I, I don't necessarily know what you took out or, or what you changed. It just sounds like me. Um, and that's really kind of the, the end goal. Is that the highest compliment of all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you made me sound like me. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's tremendous. Um, well, first of all, I think you had us at hello when you said that the, the, that the first thing you do is listen. I mean, that, that is the key, and, and that's a message that we constantly are trying to, to, to share with people and, and educate people on, that how important and vital it is. And, and the fact that you guys get that and you operate w- with that in mind, and that's your, that's your first go-to You've spot. always made us feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. You've made, you make this job for us just really easy and comfortable and simple. And we, we, we absolutely appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find 
at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Do you hear some stories that are pretty intense, pretty difficult, pretty painful, and sometimes horrific? How do you, how do you help, or how do you take those stories and hold them with respect and with tenderness and tell the story, you know, tell the story for the world to hear without being overwhelmed by those stories and the pain that might be involved, the horror that might be a part of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I absolutely how do. do. How yeah. do you handle those really hard ones? Yeah, that is, that is a great question. Um, part of that is, um, is time. You know, we spend a lot of time on projects like that. And so, you know, from that first listening session all the way through the final edit, we get to sit with those stories for a long time, you know, sometimes months and months. And in that, you know, in that whole journey where we're kind of processing what we're hearing and, um, you know, from that first listening session, kind of being prepared for the actual interview. And sometimes those can be really intense in that room um, and making sure that, you know, that whole time, everything is uh, a safe space and, and is being respectful. Um, but it comes back to, to being trusted with those stories, right? Is, um, you know, there is a very much a partnership between us and the person telling the story uh, to make something that is beyond both of us. And so we really try to, you know, hold those with as much respect and as much um, dignity as we can. Uh, but also a, a part of that is just uh, respecting the way that they want that story to be told. And so, you know, for this, this Ranger project, there were some things that we sort of had to edit out or were maybe a little bit too intense or were, you know, maybe incredible stories but weren't necessarily relevant to to what we were trying to tell and so there is a lot of that sort of you know things that are worth telling uh, that sometimes you have to sacrifice in in favor of the the overall story and those are really hard to let go of sometimes and you know Clark and I I remember had like long discussions about all right this is is a really good thing but doesn't necessarily serve the the overall narrative and so um you know, we might have to sacrifice that in to respect the the broader story, um, and and what you know this person wants to be a part of that story, and, and the way that he wants that to be told, and so that's hard because sometimes you know in a partnership like that, visions don't align necessarily all of the time in all of the details, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's their story, and we want to make sure that. Uh, we're respectful of that first and foremost, uh, above and beyond our own creative vision, um, because it is a partnership and it's not just us creating something from us for us. Um, so, so we do, we do do a lot of that. And, um, the other side is we spend a lot of time thinking about how, you know, we, when we share this, how will this be perceived? So, um, making sure that when we tell something that it's very clear what we're trying to say and that there's no miscommunication there. Uh, video is an interesting thing where you can't, it's, it's, a, it's a published thing, right? So when we put it out there, we don't necessarily see everyone's reactions or we're not able to, if somebody 
takes away the wrong meaning. We're not necessarily able to see that and speak into that because um, they're just watching it on a computer somewhere. And so we want to be as, as respectful as we can of making sure that the meaning of what we're trying to get um, get across or what we're communicating is you know, received in a way that the, the person whose story we're telling would like it to be received. Um, obviously, we don't have complete control over that, um, but we, we try to make sure that we're thinking on that side of things too, is, you know, when we put this out into the world, are we being clear with, with what we want to be said? Does that answer your question? I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent of it there. It was a great answer. Um, again, the one, one, one part of the question may be, maybe just deliberately revisit about how do you keep from just you guys personally keep from not being overwhelmed yeah. by the the weight of a story that you're told how do you how do you handle that especially when it's such a long project yeah you're just like fully immersed in that project for we would imagine days weeks months yeah um yeah clark is actually the one that edited that and um you know in in editing a project you know, you'll often listen to the same sentence a hundred times. Um, and so, you know, part of that is, uh, can make it, um, even, even heavier, right. It's just hearing this over and over and you've just spent eight hours listening to, um, you know, the trauma of war or, uh, or something in which, you know, that story really permeates beyond just a story, you know, um, and, and kind of affects how you see the world a little bit. And so we really try to, to be conscious about taking breaks, stepping back, um, you know, working on other projects in and alongside those heavier ones to kind of give ourselves a mental break, um, you know, so that we spend, you know, maybe one day editing it and then two days editing something else. Um, but also there's a, there's a verbal processing with each other to kind of share that burden. Um, so being able to, you know, talk with the other person to, you know, say, this has been weighing really heavily on me or, you know, how do you, what do you think about this? And being able to externalize and process that with somebody else to, to be listened to and heard, um, you know, between the two of us has really been crucial to that as well. Uh, being able to share that burden together, um, has really impacted the, the capacity we have to dive into those stories deeper because we can, we can share that burden together. So I'm really anxious and excited to ask this one. Where where would you guys like to go? What would you like to do? What are some things that you would love to to see happen through your work to make the biggest, maybe longest lasting difference? Yeah, uh, I was I was having a conversation with somebody earlier this week about about that very thing and um, just reflecting on you know I started this business to tell stories that matter. Um, and we've gotten to tell a few of those and that's been really spectacular, but day to day, a lot of what we do is, um, talking heads and, you know, helping small businesses share their vision, which, which is important and and we love doing. Um, but there's always that kind of creative desire to, to tell stories that really have an impact on the listener beyond just selling a product or sharing a service. And so, um, over the next few years, I think we're, we're continuing to flesh it out, but really what we would love to do is, help nonprofits and businesses um, partner together to share stories that matter um, in an economically viable way. And so what that would look like is basically us working with a brand um, 
uh, I'll use this this recent project as an example. So, um, you know, incredible story about a ranger finding healing through the um, Appalachian Trail and, and spending time outside. And then working with corporate sponsors that can kind of place their brand behind that message in a way that makes sense and is valuable for them. Uh, but that also allows us to tell those stories. So taking that film and then putting it behind a brand like REI or uh, a hiking boots company or, or something that is relevant to, to their mission, right. And what they're doing and providing. Um, and so we would love to see more collaborations like that. We would love to see uh, more projects where we're able to, you know, work in the intersection between nonprofit work and for-profit businesses to tell stories that matter uh, in a way that creates value for everybody. Uh, so that's kind of what we're working towards long-term. And that means a lot of relationship building and continuing to perfect our craft of, of telling stories in a way that matters um, and, and learning to be trusted to, to tell those stories. Um, but yeah, that's really what we would love to see moving forward. I should have prefaced my question too, by saying you guys are not allowed to leave someone to tell to and your involvement <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah, that's, absolutely. That's and an asterisk. You guys, I mean, tell stories that matter and, and interview and interview people that, that, um, you know, help share or, or empower people to, to listen to those stories. And so, you know, you are really in line with the vision that we have going forward to, to continue sharing that. So uh, it's absolutely been an honor working with you both, and and I hope that that continues for a long time. Yeah, so do we. And you've been you've enabled us to be able to tell stories, to, you know, put out in the world. And we've gotten some some very nice feedback from a variety of people on that. You know, a certain interview, a certain conversation has been really meant a lot to them. That it was something that some people, you know, said, I've listened to this over and over several times because I it had so much in it that I, you know, I, I just needed to make sure I was capturing it all. I was I was hearing it all. Um, you know, we've had some really great feedback on on the, that the happens episode. all the time, actually. Every every one, actually. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what kind of feedback have you gotten from some of the people you've interviewed and the stories you've told their their stories that you then have have told uh, in the way that in the creative way that you you've you've done it you know what what do you hear from people about how being able to have their stories told and you being responsible for that uh, what do you hear from them and what kind of difference it's made in their lives I mean, the, the best thing that, that we can hear, honestly, is just that people feel seen. Um, that in the act of listening and sharing back to them what we have heard, um, when we get that right, somebody is able to watch that and feel like somebody deeply understood the story that they were trying to tell um, and use it as a tool to share and that story and, and, and be seen by a, a broader group of people. And so that has really been the, the best feedback that we've ever gotten is just, wow, I feel like you guys really saw me, that you really understood what I'm trying to do or understood what um, our vision is here. Yeah. Cause I, I think about that Ranger, for example, I had asked the question earlier of like, how do you create that level of comfortability behind the camera? And certain, certainly there's an element of that, but I would also think that for a lot of folks being on that end of the camera, this is a way for them to tell their story that they've never been able to before. And so you're creating that context for that to occur that may never happen mm -hmm. otherwise. Absolutely. 
yeah, it's a, it's an incredible partnership for sure. Well, maybe we could end today. We know our time's pr- probably winding down, but just first off, just thanking you both. I mean, you guys, um, thank you for helping to tell our stories, to tell the world our story uh, of why we are so immersed in the work and the mission that we're involved in. Because who knows the kind of ripple effects that you are having just through our work, but with countless other projects that you're that you have your hands in. The the thing we share together being listeners and storytellers. That's what we share with you and Clark. And um, when we hear someone say to the effect, for the first time I felt seen, there's nothing better. There's no better feedback than that. So the fact that you are getting that too in the way you are listening, in the way you are telling stories is, is, is also just wonderful uh, to, to, to get that. And we just want to affirm you both uh, for getting that kind of response and having people say that to you because what it means is, in many cases, you may be the first people who have seen them ever, really seen them and understood them in a, in a way that no one else has. And uh, that's powerful. That is sacred. And that is something you can be very, pr- very, very proud of. And we're proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, it is absolutely a, a privilege and an honor to not only, you know, share somebody's story, but then also that next step of, you know, maybe, you know, not only is that person seen, but their story lets somebody else feel seen. Their story, you know, is is unique, um, but can be used to make somebody else go, wow, I'm not alone, you know? And so, you know, that is really the, the ripple effect that work like this can have. And so, uh, that privilege is not lost on us and is, is a lot of the reason that we do what we do. Uh, so I appreciate you seeing us um, and being able to speak into that and, and affirm the work that we have done. And we are excited to, to continue that work into the, the coming years. Well, Davis and Clark, thank you both. It's been a privilege and we're glad to be able to, to help you to get your message out, to, to help you be more known and as listeners and storytellers. I'm wondering where Davis and his partner Clark have gotten so wise at such a young age. They're both in their 20s, and they already really, truly, deeply understand the power of listening, the power of storytelling, and how that can change the world. And it really was a privilege to have this conversation and to hear them articulate and hear hear Davis for both of them articulate this uh, so beautifully and and so well. So something that's always helpful for us as a nonprofit is just telling your friends about our work here at Someone to Tell To. You can do that in a variety of ways, but one way in particular is through our podcast, just by taking an episode like this one and thinking of five people in your sphere of influence that you would would like to hear it, uh, share, hit that, that subscribe button and then, and then share it with five, five friends of yours. We do that all the time. Uh, every time I hear a good episode of another program that I tune into, I'm constantly sharing it with other friends and it just makes a big difference for those of us behind the camera. So thanks, uh, for your support in that way. So we thank you 
for being with us today. We're so grateful you could be. We hope you, again, enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Until we listen again.